You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated. Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship-winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. Welcome in to Big Noon Sports. We are brought to you by Haley Sansang of Union Home Mortgage. You can contact Haley on her cell, 205-792-1813. How's everybody doing this Thursday afternoon? Another glorious day in Alabama. Uh, Just you couldn't ask for anything more than what we have outside. The, 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 the brush strokes on the canvas outworking you because that's where the motivation comes from. The motivation to do that extra rep, right? To stay another 30 minutes in, in the weight room to run that extra, you know, gasser. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's the fear of losing more than the glory of winning. Do, 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 are you with me on that? I- I'm to, I'm 100%. I, I remember even as a really young kid that um, losing was tough. Losing a really, really like an extra inning game on a, on just a, an extraordinary play. You get back to the dugout and there's a couple of kids that are sitting at the end just kind of laughing and chuckling. I said, God, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Do you ever have teammates like that? What's wrong with you, man? Yeah. You just got beat. What are you laughing at? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, guy, how would we get on this? Uh, well, yeah. Where's and, and, Lincoln? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he just, yeah. You know, he he wears. I hate using cliches, but he wears his emotions on his sleeve, like most seven-year-olds. Although Lincoln is now claiming he's eight because his birthday here is in in two weeks, and uh, man, he really wants a set of new. So he's definitely rounding up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's eight. So if 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 he were hitting. 450, he'd be hitting 500, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, hey, Lars, I don't know if you mentioned it, but I enjoyed speaking with her yesterday and talking about what a great job they do. But uh, Big Noon Sports is now presented by Haley Sansing of Union Home Mortgage, and I want to appreciate that. All right, here's, here's the lead story for us today, Lars, okay? Okay. I don't know if you saw this article or not, and I'm still going over it, but this survey research was done at Sanford by the Center for Sports Analytics, okay? Mm -hmm. Who do you think has the largest fan base in college football? Who has the largest fan base? Have you seen the results of this? No. Good. Um, who has the largest fan base in college football? I would say Notre Dame. That's what I would have said. A lot of Catholics. Yes. And they're not just nationwide. They're global. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, they're big I in am. Rome. 
I had it call up here on my computer. And guess what? It just crashed. I can tell you from I want to I want to get Joe. Is Joe in there? Joe's in here. On the glass. Yeah, yeah. Joe, first of all, have you seen this particular survey? This research, the analytics done by Sanford. Have you seen this? If so, that's fine. But if you haven't, I want to know what your guess would be for the most, the largest number of fans for a college football program. At a game or just in, or just total, just cheering for them year round. Uh, Ohio State. Seriously, anybody else want to hazard a guess? Yeah, Ohio State at three million. I don't, I don't, I don't know what a number would be, but Ohio State would. Be I just okay. I just pulled up the story. Well, it, is it Notre Dame? Uh, no, it's Ohio State. Ah, Ohio yes, State. <laughs> yes. You're exactly they right. They got uh, six point one. Five million fans. That was a good, um, Joe. I, okay, the, Joe. What was Ohio your State. rationale? Just because it's such a huge school mm-hmm. and their alumni base, and they're as obnoxious as anyone. You're hitting, you're hitting all three of them. <laughs> uh, I, I think Alabama fans have maybe more pride uh, as far as uh, one fan to another. But I think that the general Midwestern fan who doesn't have a home says, "Oh, I like Ohio State." You know, go Buckeyes. Who doesn't have a home. <laughs> doesn't have a home team, I believe. I mean, yeah, oh. like, are you really going to, if you didn't go to Iowa or if you didn't go to what else? We don't go to college when right. if you grow up in the Midwest. Right, Come on, right. man. We go work on the farm. Exactly. So <laughs> go, go. It, it used to be Nebraska. Now it's Ohio or State. So. Go to study journalism. <laughs> okay. So this is a great subject here, Matt. Um, the second ranked school. Oh. Um. I know because I looked at it, but since Joe hadn't, let's let's ask him. All right, Joe, back to you. Who is the second ranked team since you since Matt and I have seen the the list now, but you haven't? Who is um Notre Dame? Negative. <laughs> two Notre, is Notre Dame is ninth. Oh gosh, you, okay. Two, two two is um is Alabama. Alabama has fallen out of the top five. Alabama, they were two last year. They were two last year, and Alabama is now sixth with 3.4 million fans. Did the daggum dirty Bulldogs, Georgia Bulldogs? No, this is surprising. They're seventh with yeah. 3.1 million. I got, you know what, Lars? Yeah. You're looking at the same analytics that I am. I am. <laughs> and when I went down and I saw it was number four, I think they lost all credibility. Texas, yeah. it's Texas at number two. No, you would think Texas also is a. It's, it's number two is Michigan at four point four million fans. Number three is Penn State at four million fans. So you got three Big Ten schools, and they're all huge schools with the big alumni bases. But number four is what Matt was referring to. It's Duke. And this is college football teams in the United States. Duke is the fourth most popular college football team with 3.7 million. Number five is Florida State with 3.438. And Alabama then at six. Boy, I, I I don't know here. We we gotta sort of dig into the methodology. <laughs> the, uh, I agree. It says here though. Source, Center for Sports Analytics at Samford University. 
SBR net. And I, I, I believe, you know, yeah. I think this could be true. Based, you know, the bo- based okay. on fans, yeah. how large the school is, the number of alumni, but also based on the fact that most of the universities that we just mentioned um, reach a lot of populated cities, okay? But Whereas uh, Alabama really doesn't. I mean, what's Alabama? Birmingham's the biggest one nearby? But this Duke thing... I'm not buying that. Yeah, hey, we'll so the data, the-, the data, Matt, it, it, it comes from polling of fans who watched or attended college football games in 2022, and respondents were asked to list their favorite college football teams. And those are the, based on those results, SBR Net produced these numbers. So that's, um, that's interesting. Is that, it's, uh, they say that Alabama, Alabama lost roughly 700,000 fans between last year and this year. See, Bandwagoners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's kind of hard Is to Is that the sidewalk too, alumni but, right there? <laughs> uh, we'll go into the details of this and bring up a couple of other things that are going on in the world of sports when you continue with Big Men Sports presented by Haley Sansing of Union Hope Mortgage. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Anderson, Christian Miller. Big Ten Sports presented by Haley Sensing of Union Home Mortgage. Yesterday, did you just go ahead and buy a house over there in Tuscaloosa? Yeah, absolutely. Put, right, put, well, put a couple offers down now that uh, now that Haley's uh, going to be helping me out with the mortgage. You want you want me to watch out over your house over here? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, hey, I, I think that this week, you know, it's the time of year when, unless you want to talk a lot of baseball, which I will, you got spring games, you got Talladega, but here's where you effort to get something that you hope your listeners and viewers will enjoy. So if you weren't with us at the very top of the show, we're talking about a survey done at Sanford University, the Center for Sports Analytics, the most popular college football team in the United States is... Ohio State University. Um, by the way, folks, uh, I, I don't buy into this the, okay? I still call them Ohio State University. Yeah, I do too. The. Uh, but, and, just and a little pretentious. Big, little pretentious. Yes. You know, but uh, Buckeyes, you know, you know. Remember that joke? You know. 
you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, Ohio State is top dog with 6.1 million. Michigan is second with 4.4. Are there really a million and a half more Ohio State University fans than Michigan? Hmm. It's a big number. It is a big number. I've covered games of both schools, multiple games. Uh, okay, I, guess I just right I there. just know that that Ohio State has such a it's such a huge school, and they have an enormous alumni base. What's their enrollment? Eighty thousand? Uh, I don't know. Uh, That's a good question. Yeah. But all right, since you went to both of them, and we're just kind of barely keeping it between the ditches this afternoon. Uh, which enrollment yeah, sixty sixty six thousand? That was Minnesota. and that was that was back in twenty seventeen. So Isn't Minnesota, the largest. If we want to go down that road, we can do that in a minute. <laughs> yeah. um, Ohio State, then Michigan. You have covered games at both. Which one did you enjoy the most? Probably the game day atmosphere in Ann Arbor. Um, I would think so. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's, there, it's just, uh, it's in a neighborhood. And Ann Arbor is a really cool town, by the way. There's just a lot of great little restaurants. Uh, there's a world famous deli that I can't remember the name of right now. Uh, but um, it, it's, uh, it, it's a really, uh, rich game day experience and then you just you walk in there and it's just and you know see a wall of people and you're in the uh, house baby. yeah you're in the in the big house um so yeah I, I definitely would uh would say that that michigan has sort of the better game day environment uh but you know ohio state a lot of it transpires in the stadium the dotting of the eye with the band and cool and that is pretty cool um but yeah i always tried to get early arrive early to a stadium uh, uh especially like the first time i was there right because i'd want to do a whole lap around the area yeah and, and just sort of get a flavor of uh of uh, of the tailgating and also I tell this to my students all the time. If there's no reason for you to be sitting in your seat in the press box two hours before kickoff, you're not going to see anything. Go out, go out, and like, uh, you know, you don't know what walk you're the going. Field. Yeah, walk, just walk around the stadium, talk to yeah. fans, uh, and stay outside of the stadium because you never know what scenes you are going to witness that will somehow fit into the piece that you are, you know, going to be crafting. And uh, just because, look, if you go to an Alabama game, and I, and I love all the Alabama reporters, they're great, but the vast majority of them will be sitting in their seats before a day, at least an hour. They're waiting on the channel line. Come on now, we gotta <laughs> have our priorities here. That's another one the, we could go down yeah. on another day. Is uh, what press box served the best? Talladega. Food. We're not going to do that. Talladega. What? Talladega. Mike Bolton. Oh, Talladega. Yeah. They're in a class by themselves. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to the popularity. Ohio State at six point one. Michigan is at four point four, almost four five. We'll call it. P 
Penn State, just a little over four million. Then here's where uh, I think we all have a little bit of a problem. Then they got Duke at three point seven, and I'm thinking, what? I mean, Duke basketball, did that figure in here? Did they not understand the research? Did they not read the form properly? I don't know. Then, even with today's climate, Florida State is fifth. And they've been on some very, very lean time. Then, uh, times. Then you have the University of Alabama, Georgia, UCLA, Notre Dame, and Wisconsin. So the first three are Big Ten. And then Duke. So, and only two in the SEC with uh, Alabama and then Georgia. UCLA, the Bruins, is that because it's in Los Angeles, Lars? I don't get UCLA. Because you, um, I would think USC, 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 USC has a bigger following than UCLA. I mean, it's just a fact. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Christian, if you are looking at this this list or not, but uh, the list of the, the, who has the biggest college football fan base and Alabama, according to this study, lost uh, about two million fans from last year uh, to this year and fell from second to sixth overall. Um, I, I, I just I, I don't I don't I don't get that. I don't buy this study. Well, I think my question would be, how do they configure this list? Yeah. Like, are uh, they sending out a survey or like, you know, what, they, what is the validity they, of this list? I think that's what I would uh, yes. want answered. They, they, they said that they polled fans who watched or attended college football games. But how did you do the polling? Right. I mean, it's... It, 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 I never completely buy into any survey, if I'm being honest with yeah. you. When they do political <laughs> polls, when they do sports polls, just because, I mean, again, how are you, you know, how do you construct that accurately? How yeah. do you, you know, again, measure the validity of it? I mean, sometimes people get surveys and they just click stuff. Yeah. And I, I, just, uh, I don't know. I mean, but I mean, it's interesting to see. I just Duke football over Alabama. That just doesn't, that doesn't even doesn't add up. Sense, yeah. Where's Georgia at? Georgia is seventh, right behind Alabama. No, yeah, no, I'm not buying and, and Duke I mean, football. Duke, I mean, maybe yeah. Duke medical school. Um, <laughs> Duke basketball. Well, I mean, is, is it Duke I'm basketball? Uh, no. Is this only? And, and, and this, this is specifically is supposedly football. just Duke football. Yeah, I'm not buying that. You'd figure if you go to Duke, you'd know the difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But you know, polling like ever since 2016 in the presidential election. Not to get into politics, but they were so, the polls were so off. They always are. So That's what I'm off. saying. You can't even because when people were called and asked, "Are you voting for Trump?" and people will just they wouldn't answer truthfully. We well, probably had a lot of people nervous about saying if they'd vote for him or not too. Yeah. So you got to take that into consideration because yeah. if you showed any slight support of him, it was like. You know, and everything it, was crashing down. And it could be the same, not the same dynamic, but, but you know, there may be a little Alabama fatigue across the country that could cause you to vote for Duke over Alabama. I don't know. So they're asking, was it, so are they asking the specific fan base or are they asking other fan base? They're asking uh, just college football fans who either attended games or watched games. I mean, and I'm, they went regional on this, guys. They did a uh, south, north, east, west type thing, too. Yeah. And you can see that if you click on the data, you can see 
that, for instance, Ohio State did not do very well in the South. Um, yeah, so that, that obviously I makes mean, sense. That, uh, that, 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 that makes perfect sense, but I'm trying to scroll down this uh, – Microsoft. I'll say, I mean, when we played Ohio State and they beat us in the Sugar Bowl in 2014, I mean, they did have a strong presence at that game in New Orleans. Oh, yeah. They traveled strong. I mean, I, I remember vividly after that game, we were sitting on the buses waiting to leave the stadium, waiting on everybody to be rounded up and get on the bus. And I was one of the first ones on the bus because, you know, I was registered that year. I just grabbed my things, took my shower, and uh, got on the bus. And I just remember sitting there. It felt like an eternity, but it's probably 30 minutes um, of them just doing the O H I O chant or whatever the chant is, I can't remember. I think it. I think yeah. I think they like you know do the the they spill it out with their their arms and hands or whatever. Yeah. They they do the O H I O. They they just were doing that over and over just repeatedly, and it was like right outside of our bus. Well, our buses were all parked kind of in a relatively you know close proximity, so they were probably cheering on their guys. But it seemed like they were outside our bus just doing that crap for thirty minutes. Um, <laughs> It was awful. Uh, not not a way you want to sit there and, and embrace a loss. But Ohio State fans still talk about that game. They still joke like. Well, I mean, well, no, well, all credit to Ezekiel Elliott still running through the Alabama defense. Look, it, I, I, I'll, I'll say it. No, he you know he had a, you know, a phenomenal game, right? But I mean, you look at that that number one. We can go back and pull up the tape. I mean. We really could have and should have won that game. It really was the second half that got us, right? We, 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 the second half was really that, that real turning point in that game. But if you watch, they, it, look, they had Bosa's, right? I don't know if both of them were on the team just yet. Yeah. I think it was just uh, Joey, the older one. But still, you had Michael Thomas, I'm pretty sure, the wide receiver. Uh, Cardell Ezekiel Jones Elliott. played the game of his life. Right, yeah, you know that that season uh, was just a you know miraculous season. It felt like because again they went through their three deep on at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. And it was like each guy just kept getting better and better. <laughs> I know. It was crazy. So I mean, yeah, I was definitely you know an anomaly. An, an anomaly. But I, I I think if you look at that roster, they really had one of the best college football rosters in a long time. And, you know, again, hats off to them. They played a great game. Um, but, God, lead those fans. Uh, so, I don't know. That, that kind of does line up. I will agree with that. My experience, I've never played in the shoe. I've never gone up there. But my experience dealing with those fans in 2014 uh, lives up to what I'm seeing on that list. We'll continue because I found the expanded version of this. And I can tell you in a little while where Boston College, Clemson, LSU are. We'll do that on the other side of this break because next we've got AL.com's Mike Rodak and we're going to talk some spring football as Alabama's A-Day game is scheduled for 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon at Bryant-Denny Stadium. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. 
Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoots apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Miz in the Main. And if you haven't tried the Miz in the Main dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lisa Ann thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Good Feet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. This is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home 2 Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. COVID-19 has disrupted our lives, but it won't have the last word. We will. Across Alabama, thousands are getting vaccinated to protect themselves and others. Find out where you can get the COVID vaccine today at alabamaunites.com. Please get vaccinated. If you have symptoms, also get tested for COVID-19. Alabama Unites Against COVID. Sponsored by the ADPH, the ABA, and this station. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sunny and warm this afternoon. The high today, 86. Mostly clear tonight, the low 58. Tomorrow, partially sunny, the high 82. Rain moves in tomorrow night, then for Saturday, cooler with rain ending early in the day. Becoming mostly sunny, the high 72. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 80 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Mac on big discord. Matt Lars, Christian, a man Joe Gator, and the other assorted person. Interns to full-time and part-time that assemble in that small control room there in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Mike Rodak from AL.com is joining us now on Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sansing of Union Home Mortgage. Um, Mike, what's the latest on spring? And just give us your thoughts on what to expect or maybe what not to expect Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, this is their last 
practice practice today. Um, technically, you know, Saturday's A day game counts as a practice. They're their fifteenth and final of the spring. But um, you know, Saban will talk tonight, and you know whether he says it or whether Alabama puts out their their flip card for the game tomorrow, as they typically do. We're going to find out how these teams are divided for A day, um, and within that, obviously, the big story is where is Jalen Miller? Where is Ty Simpson? Um, typically how it works, as you guys know, is there's one team that has the first team offense on it and the other team has the first team defense on it. Um, so they're playing against one another. And I would expect, I'm not 100% certain, I would expect that Jalen Miller will be their first team quarterback. I would expect that Ty Simpson will be on that other team as a second team quarterback. Um, unless there's some school of thought in their end that they want to put Milrow and Simpson on the same team for A-Day and maybe rotate possessions and give both of them looks with the first-team offense, in which case it would be the two freshmen with the other team. That's possible. Um, but I think if you're looking to maximize reps for those two guys, then I think you want them on separate teams. So that's going to be the big question that, again, we'll either get answered tonight if that's something that Nick Saban wants to reveal or tomorrow uh, when they put the flip card out. Mike, um, I know you weren't covering Alabama back in 2007, which was uh, Nick Saban's first year. It was the first A-Day game uh, under the, in the Saban era. Something like 90,000-plus uh, filled the stadium. People were turned away. Do you remember just reading about that and learning about that? And now, given what has transpired over all of these years, what the significance of that was uh, that, that that the fans just came out it, like like never before to um, really greet Saban and also just show their support to Alabama because I, I mean I think it, 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 success is often driven by the passion of the fan base and and we certainly saw that that day. Yeah, definitely. I've learned about it. I don't remember it, you know, firsthand at, at the time, but it it's something that you know. There's always excitement with new coaches. I think we've seen that at Colorado this year, for instance. I think I just saw yesterday that Colorado sold out all their season tickets. And whenever a new coach comes in, especially if it's a bigger name like a Nick Saban or you know Deion Sanders, that there's going to be a lot of fan excitement. It doesn't always translate into actual success and wins. I remember when I was in Buffalo and they hired Rex Ryan, and that was a big name. And, it just didn't really work. And so for it to actually, you have that initial excitement and that initial, you know, kind of burst of energy and enthusiasm put back in the program in 07. But for two years later, for that to turn into a national championship uh, was certainly um, significant. And that's not something every coach can do. And then obviously everything that transpired the next 11 years after that in winning five more. So um, yeah, I think that was certainly a big moment in, in history. And, you know, I think there was a time when the spring game was a, a, a bigger deal than it probably is now. And it, it for across college football, not just Alabama, it's probably lost a little juice. Um, it feels like, you know, I think COVID probably played into that a little bit. There was obviously a year without spring games and a year with reduced attendance. And I don't know how big the crowd will be on Saturday. It's good weather. Um, that, that's definitely going to help if the rain, you know, moves through. But, um, you know, it, it, I, I wouldn't expect that that size of a crowd, and it's not even on TV either. It's interesting how ESPN is approaching these too, where they're not even televising these on, on cable, with the exception of, of Deion Sanders and the exception of um, you know Georgia's game was on ESPN too. This game is only going to be online; you can only stream it. 
Um, so and part of that's just the, the way the industry has gone. But um, again, I just think these spring games have lost a little juice. And that's why I think there's some of these, you know, uh, ideas being floated out about playing another team. Mike, outside of the quarterback battle, which everybody is looking forward to and anticipating, kind of seeing uh, their first glimpse of it in A-Day, it's also another great time to see the newest members of the team, whether that's early enrollees or now the transfer portal, the, the most recent transfers. Um, so besides the quarterback battle, um, are there any early enrollees or, or new members of the team that you're most excited to watch this, com- uh, this coming A-Day? Yeah, I think Justice Haynes is certainly near the top of that list. The running back who, you know, Saban talked about after the second scrimmage is not looking like a, a freshman um, and kind of what his role will be because, you know, I think it, it's pretty safe to say Jason McClellan will have a big role in this backfield, but there's certainly a possibility that Justice Haynes could come in and, and kind of take some of those carries that we might have thought would have gone to Roydell Williams. And instead, Justice Haynes is maybe their number two guy or maybe even works his way into being their primary guy if he's that explosive and, um, you know, it gives them a little bit more at running back than McClellan does. McClellan's big and strong. I'm not sure he's the guy who's going to break too many 50, 60 yard runs, but um, that's what they need. You know, if they're not going to have that explosive passing game, that could help. But uh, in terms of the explosive passing game, though, I think Malik Benson's another guy, not an early enrollee, but a, a junior college transfer that we want to see a wide receiver we haven't seen yet. Um, you know, that's safety in terms of the freshman. Caleb Downs is a top 10 talent. He's one of the best freshman in the country recruiting wise and uh certainly has a really strong chance to start and, and play a lot right away uh so he'll be you know another name to watch as well rodag from l.com hey mike uh we probably discussed this but it's worth discussing again what is nick saban's i guess official uh opinion thoughts on playing a team like troy in the spring yeah, so he was asked that after the first scrimmage uh, a couple weeks ago, and he, I think he understood the question. I don't know if he fully understood it, um, because essentially the question was mentioning what Hugh Freeze had said about that, um, and Saban said, I hadn't heard anything about that, and he sort of went to the charity angle, because I think Hugh Freeze had mentioned playing another team and having the proceeds go to charity, and so Saban really focused on that part of it, uh, he essentially said, you know, we do a lot of stuff with our foundation. And, if, you know, if, if, if that money, if people want the money, essentially, you know, we can provide the money. Um, it, it's kind of the angle that he took on that. He didn't really address the playing another team in the state part of it. And, you know, I think there might have been some intentionality there just because I don't think that's really what he wants to do. And I don't think that's the best. It's not the best competition. I mean, the best competition, we heard a couple of players talk about this this week is, the guys you're lining up against in practice at Alabama. Um, and so it's a downgrade if you're playing against talent at a UAB or a Troy or Jacksonville State. It's certainly a big downgrade if you're playing an Alabama State or an Alabama A&M or you know, an FCS team. Um, and the best players are, are going to be in the SEC. You're not playing Auburn. So it, it, there's just not – I don't think there's a whole lot of desire in their part. I don't think it would provide anything from their standpoint that it's not already there. Um, of course, I don't think they necessarily wanted to say that outright because it, it kind of makes them look like they're afraid or scared or whatever bad press might come of that. So I think they're just kind of playing it as carefully as they can from a PR standpoint. And that's where I think Saban's answer came from. Mike, um, are you as concerned as I am about losing the blue check mark on Twitter? 
Uh, it's funny. I, I haven't really thought about it too much, but I, uh, I I got mine sort of magically. It was probably like seven or eight years ago. I just looked one day and it was there. And I don't know how. I didn't ask for it. It wasn't any process. It just kind of showed up one day. I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. Um, but I mean, I'll still use Twitter. I know people have kind of talked about like, ah, oh, Twitter's going to go away. They're going to stop using it. And I don't know. Like, I haven't. I haven't run into any issues myself. I haven't seen too many changes, so whatever. Yeah, no, it's not no, a big deal to me. No, it's not a big deal to me either. And we all know that Twitter... I don't even tw- know what it means. Twitter, Twitter actually doesn't drive traffic, right? I mean, you guys have the analytics at AL.com that backs that up. Right. Uh, it's yeah. it's a sort of fallacy that, that Twitter... Uh, like, if you post your story on Twitter... You know, it, it's really going to boost readership, and it, it, that just doesn't. Anyway, hundred uh, percent. It's like less than five percent of our traffic. Yeah, yeah. Um, you noted about uh, on on Wednesday that uh, Alabama defensive back Traquan Fegans uh, entered the portal but after the spring game. Do you have a guesstimate? As to how many guys will be in the portal, because so Alabama currently has three, if I'm correct. Yeah, it's correct. Three have gone in this week: Fagans, um, Elijah Brown, the tight end, and Jaquez Robinson, the other cornerback. And you know, I think sometimes the math gets a little bit tricky uh, with scholarships, but I'm pretty sure they entered a week with 89. Uh, once you have the four players come in this summer, the four freshmen. So there was essentially four players that had to leave just off the bat from a number standpoint to get down to 85. Um, but beyond that, there could be players who just simply say, I want to leave. But uh, I'm not saying, I, I don't know in, in these particular cases with these three players, was it a case of that player saying, I want to leave or Alabama sort of saying, Hey, you know, it might be a good idea if you try to go somewhere else. I don't know which side of that line they fell on, but there could be players who are just like, Hey, I'm not going to play here and it, it's time for me to go somewhere else. And, um, we could go below 85 and, you know, it could be also be a case of where Alabama's looking in the portal at some of the other guys who go in elsewhere and, and maybe thinking they can add somebody. That's even something, you know, Nick Saban was on a, the radio show the next round this week and, and mentioned that, that they'll still be looking in the portal for players to add. Um, they can't add an SEC player because if they go into the portal after February 1st, you can't play this year in the SEC if you're transferring within the conference, but outside of the conference, they could always find somebody. Uh, so there could be roughly five, six, seven guys who go in, but maybe they add one or two players. I, I wouldn't rule that out at this point. Do you think it's possible they add a quarterback from the portal? I can't rule it out. Um, you know, I, I think it's unlikely uh, just because of sort of the the catch up that would have to take place. Uh, it, and Saban's always said, if you're going to add a, a player through the portal, it's somebody that you're thinking can start. And so if you're thinking of adding a starting quarterback in the portal, then you're talking about a guy who has to come in and learn the offense in a matter of two or three months and, and really get up to speed. I think that's tough to do. I, I don't know if that sort of player is out there. Um, but again, I can't completely rule that out. And conversely, I can't completely rule out a quarterback transferring out of the program. They have four right now. They've, they've typically carried only three. Um, you know, there's, I think there's logic behind a quarterback leaving. Um, if Ty Simpson's not the starter, I think there is logic, at least considering a move on his part. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm not saying he is considering it, but I think there's logic behind it if he does end up making that decision. 
Great stuff as always, Mike. Tell everybody how they can read and follow you. On Twitter, by the way, with the blue check mark. Yeah, on Twitter, as it survives, uh, uh, Mike Rodak, and also on AL.com. Hey, we'll talk again next week after the spring game. Appreciate your time, Mike. You got it. Thank you. Guys, we talk a lot about uh, Alabama players because a lot of Alabama players are going into the draft and will be. As maybe as many as 14 will be drafted uh, a week from today. Uh, what about Auburn? I want I want to dive into that for a minute when we get back because I think Tank Bigsby is very NFL worthy. I did too. I want to talk about that when we get back on Big Men Sports presented by Haley Sansing of Union Home Mortgage. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sunny and warm this afternoon. The high today, 86. Mostly clear tonight, the low 58. Tomorrow, partially sunny, the high 82. Rain moves in tomorrow night. Then for Saturday, cooler with rain ending early in the day. Becoming mostly sunny, the high 72. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 83 degrees in Tuscaloosa. What's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. great interest about uh, Auburn running back Tank Bigsby. Um, I want to say this real quick, and I'm going to turn it over to you guys, particularly Christian, because I want you to kind of tell us how tough a guy he is, how hard it would be to bring him down. But in my eyes, he should go down as one of the better Auburn running backs. People are not going to compare him to a Cadillac or a Cribs, but the fact of the matter is he carried what little offense that Auburn's had over the past couple of years, literally on his shoulders. He didn't have a real good line, not a compliment of wide receivers, and certainly the quarterback's been in question too. So they say he's a third-round pick. Christian, let's go right to you and your draft knowledge. Be Mel Kuyper. Where do you see Tank, and is he a long-time running back in the National Football League? Matt, I do not watch Auburn, so I can't answer that question, <laughs> truthfully. Um, All right, let's ask Lars then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think Tank Bigsby um, could have been sort of the most dominant back in the SEC last year, but he just, I don't, for whatever reason, the Auburn offense didn't click, and it's probably because everybody just loaded up uh, uh, in, in the box because they knew the Auburn couldn't throw the ball. But I think when you go back and you analyze Tank's career, I mean, he's not up there with the Bo Jacksons or Ronnie Browns or Cadillac or, or Stephen Davis, right, of that caliber of running back. But I think he is sort of just right below that. And um, he, uh, you know, he will be, yeah, he'll be Auburn's fourth running back selected in the NFL draft in the last 10 years. Uh, and the first since Carryon Johnson uh, went in the second round by it was picked by the Lions in 2018, and um, you know I, I I think you know Tank he's he's five eleven two fifteen, 
Um, he he's a three down back because not only can he you know catch the ball out of the backfield, but he also is really good at blitz pickup. And the, the reason I know so much about Tank Pigsby is because the uh, the Bengals, my team, they're cons- they are looking hard at Tank. They are looking hard at Tank because I think they're they want to move on from Joe Mixon. And, uh, you know, uh, Tank won SEC Freshman of the Year uh, during the pandemic of 2020. And then then he followed that up with about 1,100 yards. And then um, as a a sophomore, uh, he became the program's first 1,000-yard rusher since Johnson back in 2017. So um, last year, again, 970 yards, 10 touchdowns, not the most impressive statistics, but there's a reason why, and it was because Auburn couldn't throw the ball. I think Bigsby is going to be a steal, uh, especially especially if he slides all the way to the third round. That's my, my that's my take on it. That's my Mel Kiper analysis of Tank. You know who you mentioned that I think is is one of the top five probably of all time, but doesn't get credit. Stephen Davis was one hell of a running back. Yeah. All right. Uh, when we get back, I want to continue over. Let's talk a little bit more draft day since that's coming up in a week. You're listening to Big Noon Sports presented by Haley Sensing of Union Home Mortgage. in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. Luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Fiore, Grayson, and Mizzen and Main. And if you haven't tried the Mizzen and Main dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Chris Christopher Mobley, Luxury Game Day Apparel, redefined. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lisa Ann thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Good Feet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. 
Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. COVID-19 has disrupted our lives, but it won't have the last word. We will. Across Alabama, thousands are getting vaccinated to protect themselves and others. Find out where you can get the COVID vaccine today at alabamaunites.com. Please get vaccinated. If you have symptoms, also get tested for COVID-19. Alabama Unites Against COVID. Sponsored by the ADPH, the ABA, and this station. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sunny and warm this afternoon. The high today, 86. Mostly clear tonight, below 58. Tomorrow, partially sunny. The high, 82. Rain moves in tomorrow night. Then for Saturday, cooler with rain ending early in the day. Becoming mostly sunny. The high, 72. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 83 degrees in Tuscaloosa. What's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Score! WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. And screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sanders of Houston Home Mortgage. Talk a little draft here for a minute. I want to ask each of you guys a quick question, and I'll follow up with my answer here. I'm pretty sure, Christian, are, are, are the Panthers your NFL team? Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, I definitely cheer for them. I, I would say I, I more so root for the guys on the team that I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would I would pretty much say the Panthers. Yeah, if I had to pick one. All right, what does Charlotte? Uh, excuse me. What does Carolina need? What do they need? Yeah, out of this draft, what do you think they're gonna? I mean, they're gonna go Bryce Young. Oh, what I mean, out of the position do a, they the need? The damn quarterback is what they need and what they've <laughs> been needed for ever. Um, so yeah, please get us a damn quarterback. Um, offensive line, they've slowly been uh, chopping away at that. They've improved significantly so um and defensively honestly defensively speaking they've been good on defense for quite a while they, they've sustained a, a pretty good defense throughout the years um so thinking on it now i mean you got Derek brown first round pick in the trenches in the middle you got brian burns on the edge two young guys they've drafted uh, jc horn first round cornerback so they spent three first rounders on the defensive side of the football jeremy chin was a second rounder who you know is just as good as you know the same kind of caliber as those guys and he's a safety um maybe could add a, a middle linebacker i would say on defense if you're going to add something um and maybe another db um but also would say they definitely need a receiver now with DJ Moore uh, being traded in that uh, trade to get the number one pick. 
he's now a member of Joe's Chicago Bears. Joe is uh, static right now. He's just thinking of DJ Moore and the, the possibilities that him and Justin Fields will have. So, yeah, I say first and foremost, it's finally time for the Panthers to get their quarterback, and that's going to be Bryce Young. I'm almost positive of that. Um, and then I think they need to follow that. with They, they need to get him um, a new weapon. Um, they, I, that, that's where I would go personally. Um, maybe then, then I think you fill some voids, like maybe another another quality lineman, um, and then maybe find that receiver in the third round, and then after that, try to get you a, maybe a, a solid linebacker uh, in the fourth round, and then you know fifth, sixth, seventh rounds. Typically, you know, you can kind of just take your pick at guys that you think could be developmental guys or guys that you know may or may not pan out. Um, so I think we'll see that then. But yeah, so to answer your question, um, to sum it up, quarterback first and foremost, then you got to get Bryce a weapon, Christian. When you were an active NFL player, uh, how closely did you pay attention to the draft? And how closely did your teammates pay attention to the draft? And did, you know, you saw the GM walking around <laughs> at the, like minicamp or, 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 or in the weight room or whatever. And just would you uh, let your opinion be known? Definitely not that. <laughs> uh, not our place to be speaking on that. But, um, no, guys kept up with it because it's exciting. I mean, it's the same NFL draft that we grew up watching, the same one that uh, many of us were a part of um, or some guys aspired to be a part of and unfortunately didn't get drafted, but they, they still earned their opportunity. So, yeah, it's the NFL draft. Everybody's going to be watching. They can say they're not watching it, but they're watching it. Some guys might be insecure watching it, if that's what you're kind of alluding to, but honestly, majority of them are not insecure Uh at that level, you you know that you're there to compete. It doesn't matter really who they draft because they can bring in an undrafted guy. They can sign a guy from another team, and you got to compete with those guys. But, yeah, I'm sure some guys might see if they draft, you know, say here a cornerback, and they draft a first-round cornerback. At least there's two cornerbacks where you got slot cornerbacks, so maybe not as much. But if you're a quarterback and they draft a first-round quarterback, maybe you might feel a little insecure. But I think majority of the guys watch it with excitement because you got to remember – these are going to be the newest members of your team. You're looking forward to them contributing to your team and hopefully giving you a chance to, to win the, the biggest goal, which should be winning a Super Bowl. Um, so I know in Carolina, guys are always excited about these new guys and what they could bring to the team. I know when I got drafted, everybody was supportive. They were excited. Um, they were looking forward to getting to work with us. There, there was never a moment where it felt like guys were necessarily feeling threatened. There might have been a couple undrafted guys who felt a little more threatened or insecure, and rightfully so, because if you draft two young outside linebackers, um, there is a good chance that those guys are going to have a spot on the roster before you. Um, but more than likely, guys are, are very supportive because they're excited about what you can bring to the team and ultimately help them you know, reach their goals, which is normally playing in the postseason, winning a Super Bowl. Do college players pay attention to like these seven round Absolutely. NFL mocks? And oh, just, mocks! Oh, oh, sorry, no, yeah. I thought you meant the draft. I was no, going to say, yeah, yeah no, yeah. I remember in college we used to crowd around the big TV in the locker room and cheer when our teammates got drafted. I thought that's where you're going. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I jumped the gun. We definitely do that. We're always very supportive of our guys, and it's so exciting seeing the guys that you play next to hear their name called or walk across that stage um, because you just know all the sacrifices that went in to get to that moment, and it's just. No, there's no greater feeling than really seeing. You now, obviously, when your name's called, I mean, that's, I mean, unlike anything, but um, up there with that is hearing the guy you played right next to and knowing how hard he worked, whether it was in workouts, the meeting rooms, and how much he might have been a benefit to you and, and a brother to you, and seeing him uh, finally have that payoff. But, uh, and to answer your question, 
Do you mean like the, how much do the like, prospects pay attention yeah, to it, yeah, or like, just regular college guys? Uh, the, uh, the guy, the prospects going into the draft. Like if Mel Kiper did a seven round mock draft, would and you, he's would got you, you would, going somewhere, did, yeah, paying attention to that. Yeah, I'm, well, you're going to hear the noise definitely. Um, and I, and I assume your agent is talking to you during I was this about process. To say, I, I I would advise guys to listen to their agents much more than a guy like Mel Kiper and no shots at him. But again, he's going off of his contacts, who he talks to. And, and sure, some of them are probably, um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily, necessarily say accurate, but I, I'm sure there's some that are trustworthy and um, and whatnot. But realistically, your agent, um, that's his job, is to be in contact with teams, um, you know, general managers, people in, in, in that department. Um, and, and they're not going to tell you everything. But again, going back to mine, I had – teams tell my agent one thing and then it ultimately didn't happen but also had the Panthers tell me they planned on drafting me if I was available and they did um, so I would say typically if, if you were to list in order I would say listen either to the the, the front office uh, representatives, representatives that you speak to directly uh, a la the scouts or the general managers who might actually be talking to you giving you their feedback and your agent um, but yeah no Sorry, I'm you know going on a yeah. ramble, but you do hear that and see that, and it might kind of give you an idea kind of on, on on a general consensus. But I wouldn't put all my eggs into that basket. I wouldn't say, "Oh, Mel Kiper said I'm going in the second round. I'm I'm definitely going there." Because we've seen time and time again they they swear up and down a guy's going one place or at, at one slot, and then it ends up being not even remotely close. And then you have guys that you've never even heard of a la, you know, uh, Banderesh, linebacker from yeah. Dallas. Nobody really, I don't think, or many stud. people talked about him. Yeah. And then they, they chose him in the first round, and everybody was like, what? And, you know, yeah, he's a good player, you know, besides the neck injuries and, and whatnot he's dealt with. But, yeah. But, it, it, look, this has been really interesting, uh, what's been happening with C.J. Stroud. So Ryan Clark at ESPN He's got a really big microphone, right? A lot of people listen to him, follow he's him. Got a podcast, he does yeah. a pivot. Yeah, he's so suddenly there's these negative stories coming out about CJ Stroud. They do it every year. And Ryan Clark is he, he's he's feed, going to he, bat at he's it. He's yeah. feeding the monster, right? Oh, he, he's saying. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is this is this is this is this isn't borderline ridiculous. This is flat out ridiculous that Ryan Clark uh, tweeted out that uh, CJ Stroud chose to work with his teammates at Ohio State instead of going to the Manning camp and then implied that he wouldn't go to the Manning camp because he wasn't going to get paid. Wait, but but so Ryan <laughs> Clark is pushing that story? Yeah. Oh man, tweeted it out, and and, and so oh, well, you know, you, Ryan you, Clark also just did a podcast with Bryce Young and his dad. <laughs> so maybe okay, I did now not know that. that. I, wow. I watched the whole thing the other day. It was a really good podcast. It uh, speaks volumes uh, to Bryce Young's character, and you can kind of just get an inside look at you know his preparation and how he goes about the game. They asked some really good stuff about how he feels about the criticism that he faces about his size, and he gave a really good answer, pretty much saying that he they're asking does he use that as motivation? He basically said. No, uh, I'm not here to really prove anybody wrong. He said, and that's the beauty in sports is that everybody's welcome to their opinions and everybody, you know, cheers for different guys for different reasons. But he said he's just always been confident in who he is. And that's ultimately that what, what matters. But, so, uh, yeah, I do think there's two questions you need to ask yourself when you hear these negative stories come out so late in the process. Teams are doing this, Lars. Who does it benefit? 
the the Colts are doing it. Yeah. See, the team. I, I think they're the doing cool, yeah, Exactly. The, yeah, yeah, no, the, 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 the NFL literally looks for reasons to take money away from you and it, or, or try to get you to kind of fall, right? Like, they. And I know it sounds like a conspiracy, but it, it's 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 really not. I mean, you, you hear this all the time. I mean, like teams, they'll either do that or they'll put smoke and mirrors out there. You know, the, oh, we're leaning towards this guy just to kind of put it out there to kind of throw people off. Teams use it strategically, but I have no doubt in my mind whether it's an agent pushing it, a team representative, front office member, somebody's pushing it probably hoping that it could shuffle some things and potentially help their team benefit yeah. by getting a guy to slip, even if it's one spot. Right. Yeah. I mean, I who's who, who drafts three, Joe? Uh, Arizona Cardinals. Okay, so the Cardinals aren't taking a quarterback. Maybe Will Anderson. Been trying to trade out of it, but yes, maybe Anderson. Yeah. So it could be the Colts that are releasing this, saying bad things about Stroud in the hope that Stroud falls to four. But who would the Texans take at two then? Will Anderson. Will Anderson. They huh? they can't. They need a quarterback. I mean, you talk about needing a quarterback. That's what that twelve number all. That's what that twelve pick is for. Mm, look, yeah, they, if you get, ask, they if probably you, get Levis at twelve. Yeah, but Levis reminds me of a guy like like Kenny Pickett. That there's a lot of talk <laughs> about him, and in no disrespect to him, he's a great player, but I, he's just not really like someone that you really want to reach for. Like, can Kenny Pickett, you know, end up having a great career? Sure, but to me, like that's not. He's Andy he, Dalton. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, like, he, he's a great player, but I wouldn't put all my money in him. And, yeah. I mean, I would maybe say Daniel Jones at best, right? Like, I mean, I, to me, I think you've got Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and then really I everybody I mean, else. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm, those I'm two guys you. are on their own level and in their own tier. And then besides them, it's kind of like the other guys are kind of hit or miss, right? I, I wouldn't reach on any of these guys, not even Anthony Richardson. I don't care about all the – Physical traits and whatnot, uh, he's he's a developmental tool. I'm sure he can be phenomenal with the right coach and the right system, but there's no you know guarantee. I feel like Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, those are very safe picks. You know, my standard response about Anthony Richardson is he didn't beat Vanderbilt. But that's a great point. It still makes me laugh, Mark. <laughs> and these scouts are thinking about number one overall. I mean, I will, I will say, I mean, the, the NFL is a different league. And again, I mean, you, if you have the right coach in the right system in place, a guy definitely can look like an entirely different player. Let me give you an example. T.J. Watt. If you yeah. watch T.J. Watt in college, number one, he didn't even really play until his junior year, whenever it was. I remember we played him in like 2015. I, th- I think all he did was special teams. Like, I remember when I saw him get drafted, I'm like, dang, first round? That's kind of a reach. I was dead wrong. Look, yeah, look where he's at. Player <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, he may be better than his brother. Yeah, dude. I mean, this guy is like a, a generational talent as a pass rusher, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, he is like incredible. And so Pittsburgh just had, you know what I mean? Like, they looked at him and they said, hey, we can work with this guy. And damn, were they right. That, yeah. I mean, probably one of the best players they've had in their history. Yep. And they well, have a long you history. Think about Hinton Hooker being one of those options for, for the Texans if they pay, if they take Will Will Anderson at two, saying, okay, we've got that 12th pick, and Hinton Hooker might be sliding with the ACL. What do you think about him as an option uh, coming in, recover for another year, and, and watch and learn behind uh, behind the, their, their quarterback? So. Absolutely. No, no, and that's a great point, Joe. It's, it's really just kind of what – which Hendon route you want to take. Yeah, and I love Hendon He's Hooker. a great quarterback. Again, I mean, I don't know. I see him kind of maybe like a Dak Prescott type, which is a good good quality quarterback. It's just kind of what you feel. If you feel uh, – this is my answer to that, Joe. If you feel that C.J. Stroud isn't 
that elite, elite player that, you know what I mean, that, that a lot of people view him as, then I would say do what you're saying. If you basically see C.J. Stroud as that kind of realm of like a Dak Prescott, just kind of, you know what I mean, like a, a good quarterback, but he's not like a Patrick Mahomes or Joe, Lars's guy, Joe Burrow, then I would say do that. Get to Will Anderson because we know Will Anderson, what he's, what he's about. Get a guy like Hendon Hooker, let him rehab and heal up. And I think that's that's a great haul in that first round. But if if CJ Stroud is what you think he is, and then in terms of being in that tier like Bryce Young, you got to take him. Is Hooker going to be ready to play Week One? I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't so. think so. Because so. he suffered the ACL late, late would, in the season. Even if he was somewhat ready physically, I would get if if I was a team and I had a veteran quarterback, I would draft him, and give him what we call a redshirt year in the NFL. Yeah, I think it would benefit him tremendously, and I think. Coming back his second year, you know, being a sponge after you know taking that first year to really learn the the, the game and, and being the uh, new program with the new coaches. Oh man, I, I think he's going to excel. So I, I, I like Kenan Hooker, and I think he's going to have a great career. To close your loop, Kenan Hooker did say he would be ready for the, the season opener at the combine up in Indianapolis. Oh, well, okay. there you go. Go ahead, Matt. Ah. Uh. I was going to hold you and get you to t- tell us what the Bengals need, but I think you, you need to go call roll, young man. <laughs> I do. Only two classes right. left. Hey, we'll continue to talk about the NFL draft, a couple other things on Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sunny and warm this afternoon. The high today, 86. Mostly clear tonight, the low 58. Tomorrow, partially sunny, the high 82. Rain moves in tomorrow night, then for Saturday, cooler with rain ending early in the day. Becoming mostly sunny, the high 72. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 83 degrees in Tuscaloosa. What's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Back on Big News Sports. Anderson and Joe Gaper. Hello, Lars. He's driving the Reese Piper as we speak to educate the youngsters of the world. Okay. Talking about the NFL draft, but first, I want to, I'm not going to get too deep and personal on this, but Christian, when you get older, your feet flatten out as mine are. Uh, my feet are incredibly tender. I'm, I'm a big, fat baby. Uh, I'm a good case for good feet, right? Absolutely. And that, and that's why I have the perfect solution for you, Matt. If anybody out there is dealing with foot pain, knee pain, back pain, like me, Matt, and the countless others out there, we've got the perfect solution for you, folks. It's Good Feet Arch Supports. They're here to eliminate and alleviate that pain for you. I use them all the time in all types of situations. It's remarkable the difference they make in such a short period of time. And again, it's try before you buy, so you've got nothing to lose. If you like them, you can walk out with them that very same day. So head on over to Midtown Village in Tuscaloosa to the Good Feet store or go visit them online and make an appointment at goodfeet.com. Again, that's goodfeet.com or Midtown Village in Tuscaloosa. Good Feet, improving the quality of people's lives two feet at a time. Let's talk some more draft, Matt. Let's do. Let's. I just want to ask you another quick question. Um, are you the guy kind of guy that'll buy a pair of shoes and walk out in them? You know, 
Actually, no, because recently the shoes that I've been buying are some of those, you know, Jordans and, and shoes that kind of have um, some pretty good value in them. Some so, value, yeah. Yeah, so, so I, it's silly as it is, and I think it is silly that people even do this. But, again, I also am big on finances and whatnot. Some of the ones that I feel like are, you know, worth a little bit more, I'm, I'm a little more patient with them. I try to, you know, wear them occasionally. Uh, but then the others that I'm just wearing that I know I'm not planning on trying to hold the value on them, I'll wear those out. Uh, but yeah, so typically, but if we're talking about a good quality brook shoe like Goodfeet offers. Man, I'm putting them art supports in them and throwing them in those brooks and walking right out that store happy because I'm no longer in pain. Uh, well said, my man. All right, back to the draft. Where do you want to go from here? Well, uh, I, I just looking at these draft boards. It's just it's, Lars made a great a great point uh, about how the stories do come up, and uh, maybe I'll give my dad a call and ask him his opinion on here on uh, basically those articles and, and kind of the rumors that seem to spread right before uh, the draft or as it approaches. Um, you know, I think the worst one in recent years, and it's ironic that it's four twenty today. But Laramie Tunker, <laughs> right, talking about a, a tackle from Ole Miss who was arguably, you know, the, the top tackle in the draft. We're talking about, I mean, th- this guy uh, was your prototypical elite offensive tackle, left tackle guy that everybody wanted to draft, knew that he would be the protector of their quarterback. And it was either, I don't know if Joe remembers, was it on draft night? I think it was on draft night. Like an hour before the first like right round? before the draft started. A, a photo or a video surfaced online. I think it was on social media, probably Twitter, of him wearing some uh, makeshift gas mask with with I don't know if I can talk about this, but some equipment that you would use to to smoke um, smoke reefer. Yes, I'll say it. There you go. All right. Didn't yeah. know what I'm allowed to talk about, but yeah, you are. You are. Okay. Well, right. The the photo and video basically showed him using marijuana right before the draft. And just absurd story, which ended up seeing him fall in the draft um, because it, it was pretty bizarre. I mean, it wasn't a, it looked bizarre. I hate to say it like that. I'm, I'm not judging anybody that chooses to, you know, indulge in that. But I mean, the you're guy hardcore was, if you're going that route. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it was yeah, it, like Joe just said, I mean, it's wearing a freaking gas mask like it was nuts. But anyway, it just goes to show you, man, like. And I think what ultimately happened with him was there was somebody that he might have fired, like an agent or an advisor, someone that he might have parted ways with, and they kind of did it out of spite. So a little bit different than what we were talking about regarding the teams doing this, but still just goes to show you, man, like it's 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 absurd that these are guys, kids, you know, living out their dream, having the the, you know, the dream that they've always dreamt of play out and then to like see these stories or things pop up. I think it's just unfortunate that that happens. Right. I mean, cause number one, nobody's perfect, but the fact that people strategically do it right before these moments, you kind of feel for guys. So, and I don't know the, the situation with CJ Stroud and that's a lot different than what we're talking about with Laramie Tunzel. But um, I could just imagine him as a person and as a player, just seeing some, some things that seem to kind of throw shade at him or on him um, right before the draft. I, I would be pretty frustrated, as I'd imagine you probably would be too, right, Matt? You don't want to lose money. And and then the person that causes you to lose money, if um, Tunsil or anybody in that situation finds out, sorry, they're going to get a little visit. Yeah. But 
What what is it that they're saying about Stroud, Christian? Well, from what Lars was saying, and I'd have to read more up on it, they just basically were saying uh, he made a decision not to attend. Um, There's basically concerns about, I guess, um, and I wouldn't even call this a true character concern, but basically him allegedly skipping out on the Manning Passing Academy. Um, and I, I think basically they were alluding to that. He, he skipped it for you know monetary reasons or financial reasons, if uh, I'm correct on that which isn't the biggest shot at him. But again, it's just something to kind of put out there that isn't the most positive news. Like I said, just on the contrary, you know, uh, Ryan Clark has a a podcast, a very uh, famous podcast called The Pivot uh, with Fred Taylor and Channing Crowder. Um, And again, you just had Bryce Young on there and it's the complete opposite. They aired that podcast and every single comment on there is, he just gained a new fan. I'm not even an Alabama fan, but I'm a huge fan. I'm rooting for this guy. And rightfully so, because, again, Bryce Young was on there just being his authentic self, answering the questions very genuinely. He got to see his father on there, and uh, he spoke as well towards the end. And, and it's it, again, it's hard not to root for Bryce when you, you really get to know him as a person outside of the player that he is. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the, the C.J. Stroud story is just probably just something that, you know, the people are just kind of putting out there just – you know how it is. Just rumor, swirl, gossip spreads. Um, but I guess if you're a prospect, you want to try to avoid that at all costs. Because like you said, Matt, financially, we're talking about millions of dollars at stake yeah. between these guys. Now, once you get in, this is for the listeners out there that might not understand this. So everything's pretty much slotted. But, you know, the the first overall pick, I mean, Joe, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, they're, they're signing for what, like 40 mil? What I mean, the signing bonus is like, I mean... I have to look it up, but it, it the 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 gap between each pick after that is substantial compared to once you get sure. past like the second or third round. You know, each pick might be a difference of ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Versus, I mean, the difference between pick number one and pick number fifteen is probably fifteen million dollars almost. If I, I would think so, yeah, I could be wrong. I'm probably a little off on that, but. And that's the type of money that's at stake. So I think that's why it's kind of a big deal when these kind of, I would call frivolous, petty stories kind of come up trying to see if they can shift guys. Joe, you got something for me? Oh, uh, Trevon Walker last year signed a four-year, $37 million deal. And I know that Tua's, when he was at number five, his was right uh, right under 30. So, so uh, that's about seven right there. So yeah. Five picks. Yeah, so that's seven and five picks, right? So 15, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's at least $15 million. Chris, let me ask you, uh, on your draft night, you uh, you held a pretty straight-edge straight, straight edge career and didn't have any, anything in your closet or anything like that. But... Um, even 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 saying that, having a, uh, a great on on and off field career, was there anything that you're like, man? I hope that my old girlfriend or my my old brother or cousin or some somebody some story makes up about me, whether it's true or not. Was that, is that something that ever crossed into your mind? The the thought always will, just because you see in today's society and culture that I mean, we're seeing things from. Somebody might have done something that could have been inappropriate or uh, unethical, something that they probably shouldn't have done, and, 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 it, and it ranges. It might have just been they, they used a word in 1988, and somehow, some way, it comes up, and we're in 20, I know it's 2023, but say it's 2020, right? And you're talking about like 22, 25 years, right? Um, so to answer your question, there wasn't like anything like I was like, oh man, like I hope no, nah, because I'll be honest, I always took pride in, in trying to be 
a very respectful person. That's how I was raised. Um, damn sure not perfect, but I always try to take pride in that. And um, I was always um, very, very aware of my surroundings. I always try to put myself in positions uh, to avoid any any events that I could avoid or any issues. Um, but you still, even even with me, again, like you mentioned, and I, I hate saying this, but you said, but having a very clean and, and positive reputation, especially off the field, I was just known for yeah, you do doing, no shade, you doing do. hunting, fishing, and like I didn't really, I didn't party much in college. I, I mean, I don't even if I did drink. I mean, I just had a couple of beers. I was very just laid back. Even that being said, yeah, you still kind of just you're like, man, I, that would be because I can't remember everything I did from I don't know middle school, high school. I'm sure I might have done some dumb things. I mean, I remember growing up as a kid, we used to play around, you know, shoot firecrackers at cars here and there. You know, it was like silly stuff like all oh, <laughs> Vandalizes cars. Right, reckless, <laughs> reckless linebacker. Yeah, you know, and like, again, I mean, I probably shouldn't have said that. But like, it's one of those funny things where like, as a kid, like you're 12, 13 years old. Like, man, I grew up, you know, in some apartment complex with a bunch of kids doing funny stuff like that, that we thought was funny at the time. Probably should, you know, so... I, it, yeah, did it cross my mind? But realistically, I, I just knew that, you know, I just prayed that everything would just, you know, work out the way it's supposed to work out. And ultimately, that was fine. And But yeah, but I'm sure there are a lot of guys, especially now. I mean, you see, I mean, they can go dig up tweets from, which is crazy thing about 2013 is like 10 years ago. I mean, I was in, I think I was probably a junior in 2013 high school. But you know, now all it takes is they go on, on a Twitter search, they can pull tweets from 10 years ago. And, and these guys in this draft class, they would have been, say they're 21 on average. That means 10 years ago they were 11. They were Social media was around when they were 11. So imagine an 11-year-old with a Twitter account that's not being supervised or, or doesn't have any parental control. There's no telling what those kids are putting on there. So I think these guys, yeah, they, they probably do worry about that stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, that kid... Some I didn't have all that when I was eleven, so I wouldn't. Yeah, right. You're gonna say uh, <laughs> Christian Miller used to throw firecrackers at ball. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure there's probably worse, but no, I mean, y'all know as kids you used to do silly stuff like that. Yeah, they, they, but you never, like I said, these guys in this draft class, Twitter and Snapchat, answer that all was around ten years ago for them, and I highly doubt their parents were supervising them. They probably should have been, but. Parents can't see everything. So, yeah, I'm sure these guys are probably... But you know what's funny? If I had to guess, the way agencies take control nowadays, they do their due diligence. I would not be surprised if majority, at least of these bigger agencies, have someone on hand or on their staff to go out and literally do clean sweeps of guys' social media just to check. I guarantee it. We should ask them. Maybe I should call my agent and ask them if they actually do that. But I guarantee you nowadays... With what all has transpired in recent years, they probably have a designated person to go and check all social medias just to be safe. Wouldn't be surprised. I never thought of that. If there's uh, not one, a- we, if there's not one, I just started a new job that would probably pay yeah. dividends, especially because we're talking about guys going on to earn a lot of money. So that might be a new job if anybody out there's <laughs> looking uh, for a job. It's a great idea. Oh. Uh, we, need, we don't need to talk about that anymore. Uh, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a break when we come back. Um, Kristen has already exposed himself as tossing Roman candles at Cadillacs, okay? But, Joe, I want to know a, a somewhat harmless prank you did when you were a child, and I'll share one with you that y'all would never think of because 
kind of doesn't exist anymore. Hey, you're listening to Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sansing of Union Home Mortgage. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal. Holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing. You. Call Haley on her cell. Yes, her cell. 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Hey, thanks for watching Big Noon Sports. Don't forget, we have a website now that you can also use as an app. Just click on listen. Boom, you're there. Uh, you can go to Tide 100.9, hit that button, boom, you're there. So please dial us in, tell some friends, and I also want to thank our sponsor. Our latest sponsor is Haley Sensing of Union Home Mortgage. So thanks to all. It's Big Noon Sports, Matt Coulter here along with the Lars Anderson is not here. He is teaching class at the University of Alabama, but Christian and Joe are here. Uh, one of the things I really, really enjoy uh, about the free format, which we live in here on Sports Talk, is that you, occasionally you can just take a U-turn and go in another direction, which we did, thanks to Christian, uh, who we now know was uh, an 11-year-old vandal. Uh, I don't think there's any other way to put it. <laughs> um, I, I am absolutely kidding because I promise you I did worse. Joe, I'm going to tee you up first, and then I promise you I'll, I'll, I'll come clean with something that we did as kids that was just dumb. All right, so I am in the Christian Miller vandalism school. Uh, also seventh, seventh grade I was uh, on a wrestling trip all you know uh, competing up in Nashville uh, high school was in Chattanooga so we were wrestling trip up in Nashville and late night turned into a late night we, we, we had our competition and driving back to Chattanooga uh, an all-boys wrestling team, all-boys school. We were rowdy on the bus back. I think one of those, uh, you know, one of those Dabo Sweeney rest of y'all buses, little private uh, <laughs> private school small buses. We, um, 
We had complaints to our administration because we ended up throwing uh, <laughs> throwing powdered donuts out the out the window, stale awesome. powdered donuts out the window, uh, cars and and uh, toilet paper rolls flying out the back of this bus, uh, oh, wow. dis- distracting drivers. Uh, wow. We, we we ended up uh, serving some 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 punishment time on the wrestling room for that. <laughs> uh, not 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 about representing the school in a positive uh, positive manner. Uh, so yeah, Christian, you're not alone in the vandals, and I wasn't six or seven i was closer to 13 14 so i should have known better i think i'm more frustrated that you were throwing powdered donuts man well this was waste them man 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night, and uh, the, the donuts were bought at 6, 7 a.m. Oh, in the morning. they weren't good. Yeah. Dude, I, I, that, sorry, I just had to throw this in there. I used to be, oh, my God. I Anytime I went to the gas station when I was young, I had to get those. Uh, it was like the, forgot the brand, but it was like a little five-pack. Hostess yeah, or Tasty Cake donut? or something? Yeah, the little mini ones. I mean, oh, I, I love I, Obviously, the big pack was great when you went to the grocery store, but anytime I go to the gas station when I was in, like, middle school, I got like a bag of Doritos and a, a five pack of the powdered donuts and like a, uh, it was an Arizona tea or whatever in the can. Love it. Oh man, that brought back memory. Sorry, Matt. We <laughs> no. Uh, I want to give you guys a, a real good tip on the powdered donuts and the chocolate covered mini donuts. And now they've got some that are cinnamon, which I love. Uh, I'm going to get this this store on as a sponsor. Do you ever go to Dollar Tree? Oh, yeah. Dollar Tree has these big bags of like 12 for a dollar. So anyway, there's my tip. All right. Now, I think my statute of limitations is run out. But I know why we did this. Did your neighborhoods when you were young have what we called bug trucks? Um, you driving down the streets and laying out all the, you know, pesticide. Yeah. Big fog coming out. Did y'all have that, too? I don't think. I remember that, but um, I grew up in some apartments for a, a good portion, so that maybe that's why. Well, uh, we did. They were loud. They had a yellow, uh, you know, beacon on top of it that spun around, and they came around at night. We would get on our bicycles and chase it with just breathing in all this toxic fumes. It was just, I don't know why we did that, but then somebody came up with an even better idea. As we're following it, let's throw eggs at the truck. So, uh, we did that. Which, uh, by the way, uh, one more note on pranks or whatever we want to call these. Was mooning a thing when y'all were lo- like young teenagers? It was huge when I was in high school. I don't know if it was huge, but it definitely was a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe reminded me of his bus talk because when we were going on those across the state athletic sports team bus trips we would do that like the middle of montgomery at a <laughs> at a huge intersection and you know what was interesting most people just laugh their huh, butts off yeah uh, all right anyway you, you guys want to get back on track let's take a break and we'll wrap up this edition of big noon sports presented by haley sansing of union home mortgage uh, got to touch on my Braves real quickly. Their eight-game uh, winning streak came to a skid, came to a stop yesterday. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. 
This is Big Noon Sports. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation. Across the United States. And from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers. Trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers. Who are resilient. And won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches. Athletic trainers and mentors. Who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern-day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Fiore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Chris. Christopher Mobley, Luxury Game Day Apparel, redefined. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lisa Ann thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Goodfeet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Goodfeet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Securing the best mortgage possible requires is a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205 792 That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sunny and warm this afternoon. The high today, 86. Mostly clear tonight, the low 58. Tomorrow, partially sunny, the high 82. Rain moves in tomorrow night. Then for Saturday, cooler with rain ending early in the day. Becoming mostly sunny, the high 72. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Uh, teaching his journalism classes at the uh, University of Alabama. 
Christian Miller is with us, and uh, Joe Gaither is a well. Uh, last night, the Braves lost. Actually, it was yesterday afternoon. Uh, Braves lost to the Padres. They had won eight in a row. I think every one of them was on the road. Um, so their record on the road now is only 10-2. and two. Good grief. What a baseball team. But they lost uh, yesterday to the Padres, who um, may win their division. They're that good. But uh, they lost one to nothing. Poor Charlie Morton pitched a gem of a game. Uh, he gave up one run and he lost one to nothing. So there's uh, your Atlanta Braves update uh, brought to you by Matt, who loves the Braves. Oh, um, so where are we going from here, guys? I wanted to uh, maybe check in and. Um, we already did our national fan bases. We talked about the NFL, talking a little baseball. Christian, you got anything left on your plate? Well, speaking of plates, I just uh, had my plate, my daily meal prep. Um, I had a little short rib, macaroni and cheese, Brussels sprouts, and, and some, take a guess, Matt, fried shrimp. So, um, you love fried shrimp. You could eat your weight in fried shrimp. Oh, I could. You know, speaking of that, and I, I hate to take another <laughs> take a detour, but when we okay. talked about uh, shrimp like a week or so ago, or maybe two weeks ago, the next day I got a text from from my buddy. I'll give him a free plug, Ben Hamner of Hamner Crawfish. Um, he uh, he he cooks some great crawfish. You know, around here locally in Tuscaloosa, he's always providing for the fraternities, sororities, and also the local bars and whatnot. But anyway, send me a text and say, hey, man, we got some crawfish cooking up. You need to come on by. And, boy, I'm glad I did. He always takes good care of me. And, uh, gosh, man, it was so good. And uh, he even threw on some shrimp. threw some shrimp in there, dropped some shrimp in. Just for uh, some of the other folks that don't eat crawfish, he always does shrimp. But he just gave me as much as I wanted. Matt, I was in heaven. So I had him had like... I probably had a couple pounds, a few pounds of crawfish, and then cherry on top, Matt. Just, just endless shrimp, it felt like. So they, that, that was, man, phenomenal. But anyway, so, um, yeah, it wasn't necessarily sports news, but that was kind of what was on my plate literally um, today and, and, and several weeks ago. But, no, I think really, Matt, just still, I'm, I think everybody's focus really, at least around here, is still just A-Day. And there's just so many uh, questions that people want answers for. And I don't mean to sound pessimistic. I just, I just want people to, to realize I don't necessarily think you'll get a lot of those answers just yet. I know it's A day. I know that's what you're looking for. But I think you have to just know that you got to remember this is A day. And I guess I'm just putting this out there because I know a lot of people put a, hold a lot of weight with things like A day. And the last thing I, 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 I want to deal with for the next few months is if they see some, a certain product on the field for A day. The last thing I feel like dealing with is criticizing the players, the team, Coach Saban, just because of what they see on A-Day. And as a former player here, I just want to let this be known. The meat and potatoes is done in the 15 or so practices that they've done already, yeah. that they're wrapping up today, just, just so people are clear. When A-Day comes around, right, the playbook is vanilla. They're not putting all that out there, and rightfully so, because guess who else is watching besides you fans? These other coaches around the league, they watch these things. They they watch spring tape, believe it or not. So they're not they're not going to have some extensive, lengthy playbook. They're not going to have these quarterbacks really, you know, dueling. You know, seeing who can really air it out. Yeah, they'll let them gear up and throw. Right, we'll see them throw. But 
it's not necessarily probably going to be what some people are hoping. And I just say that just to say, you know, have realistic expectations going into this. Be excited. Go cheer for the guys. Coach Saban spoke about it. If you can attend A-Day, go attend it. All right? It means a lot to the players, the coaches. They've been putting in a lot of work over the spring. And this is kind of like their way of giving back to you guys. Yeah, it's a fun time for them to play in the game. But at the same time, it's really for the fans. Because, again, the meat and potatoes, the coaches have seen what they need to see. They've had two scrimmages where they battled it out. They ran all the plays they wanted to play. They put the guys in who they wanted to put in. Now this is really for the fans. So I urge you, if you're in Tuscaloosa, you're not doing anything this weekend, hopefully the weather's good. I'll be up in the booth, help call the game with JP and Chris Stewart a little bit. Go go support the guys. Go out to A-Day. You know, Coach Saban is really adamant on, on getting back that, 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 that feel of when he first got here. And obviously we're not going to be able to get it to that capacity. But let's get it close. You know, let's let's get as many folks out there as we can. Support the guys. Go cheer them on, root them on, and just enjoy the day. It'd be a great day. So the last time you'll get to see Alabama gear up for a game, or what we call a game, for several months, because you're not going to be able to see them in training camp or uh, these scrimmages that they'll have during training camp. You already realize they don't let the media watch, so you're not even really getting many clips other than what they give you. So if you want to go watch Alabama football before the season starts, this is really your last chance before the next game. Um, I know I just gave a whole spill or rant, but I feel like we needed something to talk about, and I thought that was a great opportunity to throw that in there because um, a day is a fun day. I know as a player we always look forward to it. We were just tired of – you know, going back and forth with each other in practice. We want to get step out into Brian Denny and have uh, as close uh, to a game day atmosphere as, as possible. Not that the practices and scrimmages aren't fun, but A-Day is just fun because, again, it just feels kind of like a little celebration. You're just putting a bow on everything. And, uh, again, I'll say one last time, if you're in town or you're not doing anything, come on down to A-Day, support the guys. It means a lot to the coaches, the players, and ultimately it's for you, the fans. Nick Saban is sending you a gift certificate for four pounds of Hamner crawfish. <laughs> I will gladly accept. I will gladly Man, accept. I'm a huge crawfish guy. In fact, there are times I prefer it over shrimp. It just has that wild, almost gamey taste to it. I couldn't believe we we're talking about something similar to this with Lars. And I couldn't believe, I guess being from Nat, Nebraska and living in New York, I should believe it, but he'd never been to or, or had a low country boil. I mean, good grief. Maybe I'll bring some craw. No, I won't bring them in the studio because that smell will probably lasts and linger for several days. Yes. Maybe we'll do it on a Friday. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I'll get crawfish for Lars one of these days and uh, teach him how to eat them. And hopefully he'll gain um, a new appreciation for him. I don't know. For some reason, I see Lars thinking it's too much of a hassle, you know, peeling them and eating them. But we'll see what we can do, Matt. That's part of the fun, man. And then the corn cob and the, and the, and the, the sausage. The, the, small yeah. pot, the sausage and the small, the new potatoes. Oh, man, I got to eat. Let's get out of here. Uh, hey, I'm gone tomorrow. I'm gone to Talladega. I'll talk to you all on Monday. Have a great weekend to all. And uh, go to the A-Day game, like Christian just said.